Yes, we have made contact. Robert, thank Hello. you so much. Hey, nice to see you again. Yep. Yeah, we met very, very briefly for a short time, and then we had a, a little bit of weather-related internet. Mm -hmm. And here we are again, and it's good to see you. Good to see you. And um, thank you for making the time for me. I really am looking forward to it. That was It was very nice for you to invite me on your show. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe I guess we could call this a show. It's just it's just something I'm messing around with. And uh, I I am just like pretty much looking to learn from people, you know, and mm -hmm. I guess to learn in a public way. And if anybody finds that amusing or interesting, then all the better. But um, I have to apologize a little bit because I had a little bit of a crazy day. I have, okay. I have things going on, such as life. And uh, I'm probably going to like lean on my list of questions a little more than I might. So for okay. forgive, forgive me if I'm looking down a lot and uh, if I'm awkward at any point. But no, it's it's fine. I'm awkward all the time. <laughs> um, while I'm gonna, I'm just gonna set one little thing up just to just to show. I think I'm in the right place. Okay, so this is your channel, mm -hmm. and I think there's some really great stuff on here. Uh, um looking to pick your brain a little bit about some of the ins and outs behind some of your major videos. Um, I recently watched your Eraserhead video, uh, but, oh. the, but the original invite was to discuss the video right here on the screen. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to ask you a lot of questions about that. And uh, um, let's start, huh? Oh, boy. Okay, here. Okay. Well, I guess the the, the video that I showed is probably close to three hours in length. It's <laughs> It's got a lot of edits in there. Um, well, yeah, I, mm -hmm. I don't know the first thing about editing, so I'm not sure how time-consuming or how effortful or how skillful that type of thing is, but it sure seems like it's all of the above. Um, well, how, much, yeah. how much time and effort would you say you put into this particular project, and do you feel it was worth it? Well, I, for, mm, I don't know how long it took... But I'm guessing hundreds of hours, definitely a lot. And I, yeah, it's a three hour video. There was a lot that I kind of cut, a lot that I, I, I put in. I, I, the most recent one that I did was on Hayao Miyazaki. And mm -hmm. that one was thousands of uh, like individual like things that I had to understand. I, I, I like put in. I had to uh, research a whole lot with mm -hmm. my David Lynch thing. It, it maybe took like three months just to kind of like say, uh, okay, I have a good grasp on what I'm doing. Um, and I, if you actually look behind me, there's a whole book bookshelf yeah. of David Lynch stuff. Top row, that's all my David Lynch books that I got. Um, it was it was just reading and researching and trying to learn um, his stuff. I think what it really kind of start with what I really kind of started with is that I, I kind of approach a project um, and I, I read everything, I watch everything. And if I'm doing a thing on like you know doing something with spirituality, I should read like the Vedas, which is important to him. The uh, I kind of dabbled in the Bhagavad Gita, the Upanishads. Uh, and the cost of this stuff can vary. Like, I actually have... It's 
this one big book. This is about $250. Luckily, oh I got it. Um, luckily, I got it like um, in time. So if you look at eBay now, I think it's about like $500. Mm. So I ever need like car repairs. Boom. Yeah. And right. <laughs> uh, so I tore as much as possible. Um, archive.org is just a fantastic way to like get information uh, for like a video project uh, mm. and uh yeah a question was wh what was the question it was like the question was uh like just about effort how much effort you put into the researching the editing the um the storylining the pacing i guess whatever you name it and and then the final question was to, to what extent do you feel it was worthwhile all that time and effort? Well, I mean, I, I yeah, it must have took like four months of, to research like the semiotic language of his artwork. And I compiled like a whole drive of like David Lynch stuff. Like I, I called it, it's it's the D drive on my computer, but I call it the David drive. It's mm -hmm. like every movie, most of his paintings, shorts, commercials, interviews, TV episodes. Um, and what was really um, important to me was like the uh, religious stuff. Like um, I got pamphlets from the Transcendental Meditation Organization dating back from the 60s. And yeah. so like I just read and read and read. And so that took up a lot of time. I have no way to calculate that, but definitely hundreds of hours. Um, yeah. I, and was it worth it? Yeah, it was because it was something yeah. kind of uh, – life affirming in a way because you, you kind of like work on something and you you feel really good about like having completed it you know you set out to do something and that makes it, it's it's good it's a good thing yeah i would agree well i could speak only for myself but uh, I, I enjoyed it tremendously and uh, i i watched the long video a couple times uh usually in pieces often mm -hmm. during my commute to and from work and uh it, it is it is quite dense there's a lot of information there's a lot of material and, and i don't say dense in any negative way just that it's it's packed full of material and my brain as i age is weakening in some way <laughs> my my memory is getting more and more sieve like and uh so i could watch the same thing twice and and forgot and forget that i you know that i had already seen certain parts but hopefully we can get into some of the details uh as we chat a little bit um I am looking to try to like to try to learn from you. Um, mm -hmm. Is there to to what to what extent did you have like an ideal audience in mind when you were putting together this video? And what was that audience you, or was it sort of outside of yourself? You know, I I want to create something that I would enjoy creating. Um, I I don't really care about like view count and stuff like that. If I get like views, that's awesome. But you know, if it's, it, it's something, it's the work in itself that's, I find rewarding. Um, and if I can like, I, I want to say that David Lynch is one of those um, artists that people are going to talk about 200 years from now. And right now, if you read all those books, there's like, people don't know what the hell is going on with this guy. Like, why is this guy working like this? And I wanted to answer that question. Like, why is this 
guy interested in dreams so much? Well, it might have something to do with his religion. And that, that was kind of like very cool to me. Like, you know, I, I could create like a skeleton key to mm -hmm. David Lynch. And um, like, I don't, I don't know, Joseph Campbell once tried to make a, a skeleton key to Finnegan's Wake. And I, I can't even get past the first page of that book. But, like, you know, there must be something innate to us in, like, this this drive to, like, um, explore and try to, like, put pieces of a puzzle puzzle together. That's that's what I was um, looking to do. Yeah, and that's cool. And it's, it's, a, it's a compelling puzzle or set of puzzles for sure. Um, are you addicted to David Lynch's work? Not really. Uh, I'm. I'm kind of. <laughs> I've kind of had my fill. Okay. Um, I. I've. I've seen. Everything he's done, and I've. I just. I'm. I. I, I can. I can put that away anytime. Really, it's. Um, I'm all right. Did you have a phase where you were sort of obsessive? Um, yes, definitely obsessive. Negative, um, ob negative obsessive or positive obsessive? Uh, how would you describe both? I, I don't know. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to soothe myself by asking that question. Because, okay. Because um, I have, I have found myself feeling a little bit addicted at times, and uh, it hasn't had any negative consequences as far as I know. But I, I I don't know if addicted is the right word, but just like like pulled in and you know kind of wrapped in and roped in and and uh, I don't, yeah I don't know exactly how to um, characterize it or why it happened. Why do you think that happens? Because I'm not alone. Um. Well, I I got that kind of like um feeling uh during the third season when that came out, and I was just watching it, and I was enamored by um the whole thing. And I could, I, I tried to, I wanted to like um, deconstruct it and kind of like, it, it, it's this, I want to say it, it's kind of like a light bulb moments where you see like one thing and then you connect it to another thing. And um, that, that feels really good because it's like getting a puzzle piece into your like jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. You know what, what I'm talking about? I do. You could yeah. you see behind me, you could see. A bunch of puzzles on my shelf that's one of my big hobbies is just uh doing puzzles even when i'm at work sometimes i do puzzles as a form of like lesson planning because I'm, I'm a teacher and uh mm -hmm. somebody might look at me and think i'm doing nothing but i'm that's actually like a way where i can clear my mind and let my thoughts settle or at least yeah that's, that's my cover story at least but i do love puzzles of all of all sorts yeah and so he's like one big giant puzzle to me and yeah. so um, I was like, okay, could I like put him into a little box and put all his themes into a box? What he's trying, what is he trying to say with this <clears throat> movie? Um, and that's that's what it's all about in terms of approaching the the thing. Yeah, um, I get it. And 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 do you find that you have little? series of light bulb moments or do you have more sort of slow shifting coming together of ideas or um notion of the two i'm not sure if that's a good question well I guess, I guess when it comes to like you know like to your analysis or to your interpretation that, that kind of stuff 
I, I do have those kind of eureka moments. It was like, like a kind of like, oh, I recognize this from this work. And oh, 30 years later, this came back. And then you, I, it's like, okay, so what is he trying to say about um, the what is Lynchian? That's what I was trying to figure out. Because what people say Lynchian, it means um, weird. Oh, that's weird. But like, what is he as an artist trying to say? And um, I think back at Eraserhead, I was like, oh, this is about the deterioration of the family unit. It was kind of a conservative kind of like um, the pastures were um, going away. Those green pastures were going away. And I, I kind of saw that there and I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of like understand. It was, I don't know when the Hinduism kind of came up. Um, but I remember that was a huge light bulb thing. Mm. And then I kind of like read and read and read. I like to read. So this was yeah. kind of a fun project. Um, so yeah, it was the deterioration of the family unit, the illusionary kind of avidya kind of trapped into the, um, uh, the, this, the world of the material and reincarnations. And I think that's kind of the, um, what David Lynch is trying to say with his art. You know, I mean, you, you, if you ever like look to a painting by David Lynch, it's, it's, it's dark stuff. He talks about usually talking about like, um, family, um, family in distress. And, um, so I was like, oh, and that, that, that really kind of connected with me. I'm like, wow, this guy, I, I watched like something like Blue Velvet and I'm like, oh, okay. This movie is a, a dark movie, but he's not. Say the message isn't dark. It's saying that there is light in the darkness. And I think that's incredibly powerful. And I, I liked him for that. And so, you know, they're comfy movies too. Mm. Go ahead. Can you say a little more about that? The uh the powerful part or the maybe the uplifting element of sometimes the darker you go, the brighter the light to some extent. One of the things that really inspired me was his weather reports. And I think this was really one of the um, reasons I wanted to like approach his project because I really wanted to do something like a book, hmm. like um, a skeleton key. I wanted to do that. And um, um, I still do want to do that, but it, it's more conducive for like YouTube stuff if I, I, I do. Um, YouTube stuff. But what inspired me first was that he um, was doing his weather reports and it was during the the terrible riots that were going on and he was he was um, he had like this uh, like banner behind him while he was like saying the weather like oh it's it's gonna be sunny out and I was like wow and the banner said like Black Lives Matters, peace or something like that. Mm. And I was like, that was, that's this this guy is incredible. And you know, I I wanted to write a book that you know, uh, something that I enjoy doing. And so, um, I I wrote and wrote maybe two hundred thousand some words of a book. And I really wasn't going anywhere because it, it didn't like. I would need to like say, oh, okay, at this moment in time, um, Henry Spencer, he, he steps in a puddle. 
and um, that's how my eraser head thing came out. It was my first video. It was uh, the eraser head thing. I'm like, okay, I have this new um, understanding of a 45 year old mystery, and that was pretty cool. So you find the video essay. I don't know if that's the genre that you would, if that's the name that you would call your work, but to, to what extent do you find that more advantageous than uh, book writing and uh, or vice versa? Um, copyright law, um, because it's, it, it's in a, when you're publishing a book, um, from my understanding is that you can't have a, a page um like you have to have like only a couple of pictures in your book it's it's something to that effect and like i i want to this is more conducive when we're talking about like a movie and um i i want to talk about like a, a guy who works in signs and symbols you have to see yeah. the thing and so it, it doesn't really work do um this is a question that I highlighted because I wanted to remember to ask it. How much how much artwork did you look into for uh for the spirituality video? Oh boy. Um well yeah, I have a whole drive on my my thing where it's just about like mix and matching, like trying to understand what he's trying to say um with different semiotic um symbols symbols and like okay so this might mean something in relation to this one picture okay if i could apply this one thing to uh this other picture then therefore uh it's it, it's it, it's um so yeah i have like maybe all, I, I probably have all of his art. Yeah, a lot, even most of it. I mean, that that's surviving. Uh, definitely many art books. I have just four art books, uh, four or five art books just on that shelf. Yeah, I have a whole lot. Are there, this might be an unfair question, but are there are there any general uh, general impressions or g general feelings you have about his artwork as a whole, or you can answer um, you can answer that as broadly or as narrowly as you'd like. I I I I love it. I think it's great stuff. It's I. Yeah, I, I, I like, I really like David Lynch's art. Um, his art art or his, like, everything? His his films and stuff like that. I was thinking more non-film art. So more like... Oh, a, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not... A little bit, I'm a little less familiar with. You know, I, I've seen a fair amount, but I haven't spent a lot um, of time thinking about it or really, like, looking looking into it. So I'm just curious what your general impressions are. But you you, you like it. I, I like it. Uh, they're um, vivid and beautiful, and grotesque. Um, I really like his um, mixed media stuff. I, I like how they kind of they pop. I like how it looks like it's a, a child made it, and I think that's the point. I think it's supposed to be from the child's perspective. Um, as far as 
yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of, I'm mixed on it. Um, yeah. Um, I, I like it aesthetically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there was something you were saying that just reminded me of one approach that I try to use in my eighth grade language arts English classroom, and that okay. is. Sometimes we try to put together like a, a, we call it like a coherent symbolic interpretation of something. And that would mean like, if say you have like five things in a text that might be symbolic and you, you try to have like a domino effect where like, okay, so if this first thing symbolizes um, hunger, then it follows that the second thing would symbolize bread and then it would follow that this third thing symbolizes water, whatever it might be. Um, but what I'm trying to say is, when you, when you have, when you approach symbolism, do you try to look for uh, links between symbols, or do you try to just say, "Here's this one thing. What does it remind me of? Is 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 it gut feeling?" And now I'm talking to you like a teacher, because a teacher has to try to unpack sometimes what feels natural, you know, and make it accessible to somebody else. So is, is there like, I don't, do you have any like symbolism reading tips? Uh, symbolism reading tips? Um, what? Wow. Uh, normally you <laughs> would try to understand things contextually. Um, kind of like, it, it, it's really, no, I don't. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to give you like a, a David Lynch <laughs> answer where it's like, that's that's a really hard thing to answer because yeah. um you, you have to feel it out that's that's what i say um you have to feel it out do you have any uh do you have any recollections of some of your symbolic i guess interpretations that you've come up with over time whether you know whether it be in eraserhead or elsewhere or nothing um, jumping to mind. If anything is jumping to mind. Well, uh, what I would do is I would sometimes. What I would do is that I would sometimes like look at interviews, and at one part of the production, um, the baby was called light bulb, right? Mm. And um, uh, at least that's why I learned. And I looked at him, and tilted my head, and I said, "Well, that guy looks like a light bulb. He has a little wrapping, and he has bulbish." head and i kind of looked closer and i, I said well that that doesn't the major thing i'm kind of getting at is the the um deterioration of the family unit among many other things but that um that thing is is that it looks like a breaded looks like bread his his body looks like bread and there's this whole chicken dinner scene where they the they eat the chickens but the there's blood that comes out of the chicken. So food is a major motif. So I already have like this kind of food thing in my um, head. And so, okay, look, it, it looks like a breaded lame stripe um, uh, thing. So therefore, the baby is bountiful, okay? Um, a lot of people look at Eraserhead and they say, well, that movie hates the baby. The baby is a is a bad thing, you know? I think the baby is like innocent in that movie. And if you look at the Japanese poster, I have it. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. yeah there's a glare, I think. And it's um, in, it's in your video also. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so you can actually see there is a um, in the Japanese poster. There's a a bread wrapped in like a gauze, and so it's kind of like this fun like unfolding. I had something recent happen. I was I'm doing an analysis of 2001: Space Odyssey. Have you seen 2001: Space Odyssey? I have not. Nope. Can you believe? It? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it's very slow. And I don't think it's aged that well. But um, yeah, th there's this part where a glass breaks and the aliens and man, uh, they, they create a new baby. And so I'm thinking, well, um, Stanley Kubrick was ethnically Jewish. I mean, he, he was an atheist, but he was ethnically Jewish. And to uh, and you, at a marriage, you um, break a glass. And so, like, maybe some – are you aware of this ceremony? Yes. Okay. So um, – and, and so then I looked into the production history. There was actually interviews um, that were supposed to happen prior to the film starting. And they interviewed scientists but also religious people. And one of the people they interviewed was a rabbi. Mm -hmm. And, and he, he talked about, like – the marriage between like people in the book of Genesis. And so like, you know, I, if going back to your question about mm -hmm. like, like why we like these, uh, like, like you, you, you get addicted to David Lynch. It's because, um, of kind of like that kind of like, um, it, 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 it it gets that like endorphin thing, like oh yes, I solved a problem. I think that's it. Um, but yeah, those are a couple of good examples of like um, symbols and how like to understand like symbols. I would agree with you. Yeah, that's that's very well said. And um, and then it's like I solved the problem, or did I, or am I trying to? force fit my interpretation mm -hmm. into uh you know some schema that feels good to me um to what extent <laughs> like to what extent is all of twin peaks about television i'm gonna fit everything into that J just to make yeah. a well-known reference of a video that i quite enjoyed quite a bit but anyway um how do you how do you mitigate against that that uh that tendency to sort of maybe that like confirmation bias where like you have this, you know, you have this idea and you're going to, you know, maybe going to force things into it to, to some extent. It sounds like, and I'm sorry to keep talking. It sounds like you try to go to some primary sources whenever possible to, to sort of either confirm or disconfirm your interpretation to some extent. Well, I don't think like David Lynch's art is about a whole lot. I think it's about like, um, just kind of about his uh, religious beliefs, his um, non-dualism, and the deterioration of the family unit, and as well as the um, the kind of the the trans the the the, the like how you transition the the um, the transfer of um, kind of uh, stress or uh, bad badness throughout the cosmic body. Mm. Um, I think those are the major things. And 
of course, the dualities, uh, the yins and yangs, I think it could be summed up to five major things. And um, he plays with these five things. And that 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 to me is is really it. So I, I don't feel like I'm I'm forcing things. I think these are just like these five things, though. Um, so I, I don't I don't know. Very, very interesting. The The title of your big video, one of your big videos, um, and, and hopefully before we finish tonight, I could ask you a couple questions about Spirited Away, but we'll save that for later. That's okay. I, that's a, a family favorite movie in my household. Um, uh -huh. And I was su I was very psyched to see that you did a lot of work on a, a Miyazaki. But um, the, the title of your video is... Let me just double check. I think it is Twin Peaks and Spirituality. Yes. Pretty simple title. Uh, do you care to say a few words about that? Was that a title that was always the title? Did you think um, it, were you going for something there? No, not really. I was I, I was thinking, okay, what is this about? Well, we're focusing primarily on Twin Peaks, and it's in the kind of like the uh, through spirituality. And that's it. Twin Peaks and Spirituality Theory video, I think, I think it's called. Yes, yes. Um, is, does your video have a main thesis or more than one main um, thesis? And if so, how would you summarize it? Well, I guess it would be something to the effect that uh, we can understand David Lynch's art through um, non-dualism and Taoism Here's some stuff about perennial philosophy that he's also interested in. Um, and that that's it. It's uh, that he's interested in kind of uh, using Hindu metaphysics and, and like all this meta stuff mm -hmm. is is Hindu metaphysics. I'm going to quote something from your video and then see if you feel like riffing on it a little bit. Um, you say at one point, you say, the residents of the waiting room talk backwards as to signify a state of balance, both forward and backward. Um, is there anything you'd like to riff on there as far as maybe even just you, the concept of balance or any direction you'd like to go? You know what? I don't. No, I, you know what, I, do I agree with that still? <laughs> That's an interesting question. The, um, there's definitely a, a thing about like time there. Um, in, I, I'm not quite sure, quite frankly. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to give you another quote from the video that I thought was, important but i need some help with like understanding it so i think this quote came up in various forms multiple times and that is sensory understanding is illusionary okay um, can you give me like <laughs> a, a, a a dumb guy's version of that um okay so let me let me think uh and you could unwind you know you could unwind or go back as far as you want i'm i have Plenty of time. Well, non-dualism is interested in what we call like reality or what philosophers call metaphysics. So um between let me think. 
So in in Advaita Vedanta, we all have souls. I have a soul. You have a soul. Um, my dog Wrigley. Uh, we all have souls. All animal life has souls. And these souls are hanging out in the non-material objects in a jar, and they transfer between birth and death cycles and reincarnation. And life is hard and painful and filled with suffering. Now, between you and me and Wrigley and every soul, we can see things occupying space. You got your tables, you got your chairs, you got your trees. Space even occupies space. Because space is in itself a thing. So the smallest little insy teensiest thing and the biggest, largest, hugest mabobber. Now all the things at the end of the universe and back, according to the religion of non-dualism, is seen to be actually one. And one without second. And I don't mean this metaphorically. I'm saying this literally. And you're probably thinking... Well, I perceive the world as separate and distinct from each other. What gives? Well, according to the Upanishads, we are like the dreamers who dream, who live inside a dream. We understand our world in the illusionary. The sensory understanding of the world is a cosmic illusion. We don't understand we are doing it um, because we filter our world through our ego. We are egotistical beings. Um, so when I look at a thing or other people, technically I'm looking at myself as I am a part of, of the cosmic self, like a hand misunderstanding a foot. When I look at a thing, I say to myself subconsciously, how is that in relation to me? The, this, this is a, this is mine. This is my game controller. This is my bottle cap. It's in relation to me. It's my ego and is my misunderstanding, I superimpose my understanding onto the world as an individual soul self. And this is the true, and the true nature of our world is oneness. The underlying thing I'm saying is that we all make up the totality of, the go of God, which is one, like we are all drops in the ocean that make up God. Because we embody this cosmic self. I am you and you are me. And I am all the things in all the world. And you are all the things in all the world. Wrigley, he's all the things in all the world. We make up a giant God brain. And because we exist in this God brain, everything is consciousness. I am consciousness. You are consciousness. All the things in all the world is one and without a second. But they're all misrepresented by our egos and everyone understands the same illusion the same way because we are all one we, we're all the same thing it's like a hand understanding another hand it, it's the same thing you know it's it's one thing tat vamasi which means you are that it means oneness you are brahman you are totality you are atman you are an instrument to, to the totality of God. And once you understand this and you, you do um, you do good deeds, I suppose, it depends upon your interpretation, uh, you can be liberated into pure consciousness, which is the true nature of the world. So it's like heaven, which is the 
lack which um is a liberation into the lack of want though you you're not fettered by boredom just this connection to a unified self so as far as that goes when you process the world through the illusionary you know um you are dreaming up things you're like a, a spider in the web you know you, you you crawl along in it that's actually from the Upanishads. um huge huge idea like um have you ever seen the inland empire yes okay well laura dern she's trapped in this illusion that is that she's in a movie you know that that's that's her illusion it's not the real reality we're we're in um it, it, it's it, it's uh the true reality is that um it is pure bliss consciousness which is um just the the detachment from yourself so i am you you are me everything i am everything you are everything at least in non-dualism i i don't believe in that but yeah that's that's it what while still being yourself yes everything i um yes we're all part of the same cosmic self I have so many directions I'd like to go. I'm going to see if I can get this to work. Um, is that showing up okay? Yeah, that's it's a diglet. Yeah, that's okay. totally it. This is something I found from somewhere. You, I think I found this through you somehow. And I thought this was a little bit helpful in terms of understanding some of these big ideas. Can you talk me through this a tad? Um, well, we have the singular soul selves, which are the Javas. Um, I... I, I guess, which are like the individual diglets. And um, I, that thing underground, which is the kind of underlying thing, uh, which is is part of the cosmic self, which is kind of putting them together. They are the universe, which you are a part of the universe, um, misunderstanding the universe to be different, separate and distinct from each other. Thank you. The the bottom guy is is not a Pokemon, so I don't know what to call him. So, um, this connects to Twin Peaks. How, in your opinion? Well, it's quoting from the Upanishads. Um, as far as it, it connects to. Twin Peaks, I mean, it connects to everything in terms of David Lynch. It is what David Lynch's art is about. When we're like, why is he doing stuff with dreams? Well, he's commenting on the nature of our reality. It's a reflection of his own personal uh, viewpoint. Um, you know, it's like, uh, why why did the Dadaists or Dadaists um, create chaos in their art well this is a reflection of world war ii or world war one why yeah. why did uh you know it's it's part of his art it's part of who he is when people are thinking of what is lynchian well it's it's has a lot to do with his religion you know um why is he doing all these crazy things um um with uh self-referential type things uh all throughout his career 
Um, it, it's, I, I, I can go all the way to back to his first short film, Six Men Getting Sick. Those six men are not like, uh, they're, they're a part of each other. Um, they're a part of each other underneath the surface. This is the very first like thing he's made. And they spread a sickness throughout their their body. It's a, a projection on the um there's a projection uh, on a painting, mm. you know? So there is a true reality, um, which is the not not the painting, excuse me, on, on a sculpture. So there's a projection of a painting moving on a sculpture. So that's that's uh, that's showing that there is a false reality on a true reality. So it goes back at, to his very first first short film. Yeah, it is. It is there. Um, has this concept helped you? And you, you you could answer it or not. Has this helped you personally at all? This this concept of. Uh, illusionary realities or true realities no. or anything along those lines? Um, no, it helped me understand David Lynch a lot be better, but I I'm, I'm personally not that spiritual. Got it. Um, what do you think about the the scene in the Philadelphia FBI office where uh, Cooper we assume is regular Dell Cooper sees himself on the monitor and then the monitor freezes and he sees himself in the hallway. Uh, Philip Jeffrey shows up the whole thing. Do you have any just ge general or generic thoughts about what's happening there at, or, and possibly even the fact that it comes back in the return? Um, oof. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like, it's like, I'm sorry to cut you off. Is like any of this stuff showing up there? Um, no. I I mean, as far as I can understand, it's it's, it's probably just time stuff. Uh, but there there might be something there. It, it reminds me a lot of, uh, just like some Renee Marguerite painting I've seen. Mm -hmm. I, I would have to look into it. Um. But the, the way he uh, plays with time there, it, it seems like it, it's something to do with the, yeah, none of this probably. The, um, that's where Philip Jeff, you know, David Bowie first, first says, uh, you know, we live inside a dream. Mm -hmm. And, and then of, of course, yeah. Gordon Cole remembers it. After he recalls his Monica Bellucci dream, which has mm -hmm. the which has the big dreamer line, uh, is is any of this stuff at play, or or I can ask the question differently: is is there anything on this chart? And I pulled all these terms from your video, and and if anybody wanted to learn these terms in more depth, they can go to your video and look at the FAQ stuff. But is there anything that's jumping out that you feel like talking about? Um, well, there's a lot of things in terms of, um, that, well, I, 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 
as in terms of superimposition, we have characters that are um, literally superimposed onto the um, screen. So it's kind of like a like a these are these are characters that are um, literal representations of a video, which are kind of like uh, illusionary. And I, I, you know what I'm talking about, like how there is this. Someone says we live in the Philip Jeffries character says we live inside a dream, and they points to um, points, and then the um, the jumping man he is superimposed onto the screen like a um, mm. like a what do you call it a TV hijacking. And so it's like a representation of how we superimpose um, objects separate from our oneness. I'm, it's similar to his 1967 um, short film, Six Men Gang Sick, where there's a projection on a, on a sculpture, you, you know? Um, so that superimposition is a is the process of Maya, uh, magic, the illusionary. I mean, uh, Philip Jeffries is in the illusionary. He's, uh, uh, he, he has ruby red slippers on, if you look at it. Um, and yeah, as far as what he says in there, is that he, that we're, not going to talk about Judy, and then he immediately talks about elements of what Judy is, but I can't recall exactly those lines of dialogue. So. There's there's a term, another term on that chart there, um, bad birth. Is that the opposite of good birth? And, and what do those terms mean? Um, good birth is that you um it's it's based on the idea that if you do good deeds next life you'll get um a good place in life bad birth you'll get uh, you may end up in odessa texas who knows so um like in kind of a it normally has to deal with class and or or caste um and it's a thing present, especially in Inland Empire, where we see um, a woman go from uh, in kind of like, the whole thing is a dream play. It, it doesn't have to be in literal constraints, but she goes from one life to a next to the next. And one life is of um, a Hollywood star. Um, that would be a good birth. And then she kind of, she's middle, middle class. And then she ends up a, a sex worker. Mm. Or, and then there's also one in Romania or something like that. I'm not quite sure where that one fits in. But it, it's declining births. But if you under, you stay away from the material, like, um, you know, the evil coop guy says, that he doesn't need, he wants. Mm -hmm. This guy's interested in the material. Um, that's that's a that's a thing. Um, but material just leads to suffering. I mean, if you just 
if you get 26 Bugattis, you're going to want a 27th Bugatti. Bugatti. Um, I think that's a car. And so it, it's, it brings about suffering. That's a, that's a Buddhist idea, but it goes into Hinduism as well. Belief. Is, um, is your style as a video essayist, is that something that, uh, uh, or as an analyst or as an interpreter, would you say you have a certain style or how would you describe it? Um, it's, it's more of like, well, I research the person. I say, Hey, what, what drives this person? Because making a movie is so hard <laughs> and I can't imagine like making a movie. And so what I do is I say, okay, what drives this person? And I say, well, if this person, like, you know, Martin Scorsese, he's a Catholic and he has a lot of Catholic themes. Now, the movie may be about crime, but it's really about, um, it, it's really about faith, you know, something like uh, uh, Mean Streets is really, a, is, a, is, is really about like, you know, his faith or something like that. So it, it's also kind of more interesting if I, I i focus on like large subjects mm. um as far as this most recent one which i'm doing is um stanley kubrick he's an atheist but he's really into aliens like it's crazy how much he was into it like prior to the production of 2001 a space odyssey um stanley kubrick wanted to create a movie about lizard aliens from jupiter and they went to antarctica and they like created like a, a thing to to, sh to to block out the sun so it, it was better for them it was it's just like some weird outrageous thing but yeah um he was really passionate about aliens and so yeah he, he was pretty hip back then because re rep reptilians are uh reptilians, reptilians. are kind of current stuff right there <laughs> yeah i i never really thought of that yeah Rep reptilians even weird al yankovic gave the uh gave the little reptilian uh oh. cameo in one of his videos he did a video called foil it was like uh oh yeah game, yeah game the song royals anyway, <laughs> I, anyway I, I have i have a friend who's like sort of like a, a bit of a scholar in that stuff and <laughs> And he thought the weird Al Yankovic video was like a, a landmark moment that that was uh -huh. in sort of mainstream. But but anyway, um, uh, have you <laughs> have you interacted with or have you uh, encountered any other fans or uh, analyzers or writers? Or oh yeah, sure. About 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 Lynch or Twin Peaks who have taken who have taken up some of the spirituality or religious topics I have not talked to um John Thorne um really that much like maybe a couple times on Twitter but we haven't really talked because I could definitely recommend uh his his new book or at minimum I could recommend um he, he did a nice video with 
Jeremiah, who goes by Take the Ring. That's that's his uh, channel's name. And, I like his stuff too. Yeah, and and uh, they kind of sort of did like a summary of the religious element of the Hindu elements of John Thorne's interpretation of the return, and mm -hmm. I think you'll dig that a lot. Um, uh, J John Bernardi talks a lot about esoteric Buddhism in some of his work, um, and. The, the reason I'm asking you is, is religion or spirituality, I, I don't really know the field of Lynch, Lynch studies at all. You know, I'm just kind of like new to all this, but uh, is that something that's taken up often as far as you know? Um, there is a whole college industry of people who are like interested in like David Lynch and give their own like uh, uh, ideas in, in books. Um, I, there there's whole communities of it however it, it's kind of like niche hmm. um so that that's kind of what's going on there is is the spirituality stuff discussed often as far as you know i mean because you really went no. the deep dive did you feel like you were did you feel like you I were was, filling a hole so to speak or, or uh... i was the first one there was one lady mm -hmm. um but as far as i know uh uh, well, she she's not on YouTube. She was she actually did some academic work, um, and worked with David Lynch. However, like mm -hmm. there's certain things she couldn't talk about. Uh, like there's certain like it's it's a weird book because like in interviews there's like parts that are like um blanked out, and um yeah, it, the, that's a weird weird book. Um, but it, if you're looking for what this his his work might be about and might be about the stuff that's that's blanked out so yeah so that that happened in like um 2008 maybe that was um swerves by martha nichemson and i've talked to her she's a she's a nice lady um but i, I that didn't really gain much traction but she wasn't very much interested in the spiritual aspects, but more about like the quantum physics. Mm -hmm. Now I, I come from Kansas and um, as far as like when people are trying to convey like a scientific element to um, something spiritual, I, you should look at the spiritual thing first because that's what's the heart of it. Um, like I, I don't know. A good example would be like evolutionary creation thing. It's like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm talking about. But what um, I I'm saying is that the Transcendental Meditation Corporation is it it's 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 not scientific. It's it's more spiritual, and um, that's what I'm saying. You 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 take on that topic a little bit. Uh at the early part of your video and and uh you have some criticisms there as far as the organization goes or i could be mistaken or i, I think mainly you're recommending that people kind of look into it on their own actually i'm not 100 percent sure what your criticisms are but, <laughs> but my, my point was did you have any hesitation to add that to your video like did, did you think about how that might go over would that turn people away etc or you didn't um, yeah, I'm I'm 
very hesitant uh, tor towards it. Uh, the Transcendental Meditation Corporation. Uh, <clears throat> I I just I, I've I've heard some pretty rough stuff about them, and um, if I was the first one to like make a spirituality video of David Lynch, people like, wow, this is so cool. He's my favorite guy. Um, I want to be like, okay, guys, listen. There's some some not too um, great stuff. Like they the the transcendental meditation place. They say um, that people can have the ability to fly, walk through walls, um, transmit spirits, their spirit on around the place, and like. You, I went through like some lawsuit or well not I didn't go through I looked at lawsuit papers and mm -hmm. I found like people jumping off of like um, jumping out of windows thinking they could fly and you know that type of stuff and these people feel like they've been suckered out of money and they've been put into like bad places and you know what I love David Lynch and maybe this is one of the reasons why I'm kind of like burnt out on David Lynch you know yeah okay but um as far as um tm they do good stuff with like soldiers you know for them to learn to meditate that's great but um there there's some stuff that i'm very hesitant about like you know you know i do i this is going to be a very bad analogy very bad but i'll do it anyway um my general answer to the question, um, are violent video games damaging to young people? My general question, my general answer is no, absolutely not. But they, pro but, but maybe, but maybe there are a couple of people who are on the edge, you know, that get ideas that they might not have had. Um, so I would, I would say like, you know, as a general rule, the answer is no, and, and they shouldn't be censored or anything like that. But there might be some edge cases where things don't go so well. So I'm, I'm wondering if perhaps that's the case here as well, but I, I really don't know. What what I would like to ask you about, which is kind of like not at all related, is um, I think I have this queued up to the right spot. Let's just watch this for about 10 seconds. I apologize, I can't hear it. No, I have it muted. Okay, that was just a little bit of, you were able to see it, right? Yeah. That was just a little bit of editing that I have, like, no idea how to do. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I have, like, no skills in this area. How hard was that? And, uh, how hard? And, and, like, what's, what's the practical what's the practical approach to do that? Um, what I did is I, um, what did I do? I took an image of uh, Laura Palmer and I put it into this kind of like website that uh, that sinks what did I do? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. I think it might have been a meme actually. Um, and so then I just focused on like each section of the meme. That might have been it. That was a long time ago. That was a whole nine months ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember. Um, if somebody wanted to wanted to do something along those lines and was starting with 
you know, a, maybe like a baseline level of skill. Are there any certain programs or uh, tools that you could recommend? Uh, DaVinci. It's for free. Okay. Um, it's basic editing. Um, it, it's not as complicated as you might think. Go for, for like Orioles. You'll probably at least get the understanding of it for under like two hours. So, so this is called DaVinci, you said? Yeah, DaVinci Resolve. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, if somebody, if somebody asked me how to diagram a complex sentence, uh, I could say, oh, it's really not that hard. But from their point of view, it's like really kind of okay. I'm complicated. sorry. So that would be a good place for somebody who has maybe like basic skills to. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then DaVinci allows you to do what sorts of things? Um, all sorts of things. It, it does. Um... Uh, I guess it would be uh, you You can take clips from um, a thing and then you can put the clips on a timeline and you can uh, cut the clips up and then do transitions. You can um, do uh, work on the audio. It's just a very good standard program. I use it for everything I, I've been doing. I tried to do a little YouTube video that used a clip from Twin Peaks and it got, it got like canceled or something. I don't know what the word is, but it, it wouldn't publish because it had like content and, and your videos have a ton of clips. Um, yeah. How, how long first, was it? First of, all, first of all, how do you find, where do you actually pull the clips from? And um, yeah, I guess well, that would be my question. I, I would get my all the video from my David Lynch um, drive. So I have all the whole thing, all the things, and I would just um, put it in some application called Handbrake, Handbrake, mm -hmm. and that it'll make, make it an MP4. And so therefore it's it'll be able to um, go quicker on my uh, machine rather than a big giant file. Um, then I would uh, drop it, and um, then what I do is, it, it's very monotonous, but I have a 10-second rule. If I want to have, like, um, a, an audio clip going in, a, or a, excuse me, a video clip with an audio that's, that's copyright, it can only be, like, 10 seconds. I see. And that's it. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. I I used to um for like a different project. I used to cut longer videos or any interviews down into the two minute and twenty second or less clips so that they could fit onto Twitter, and and that would sometimes involve taking something that's like two fifty and just trying to cut down any yeah. any fluff at all. And I find that very sort of soothing and to some extent sort of meditative. Uh, it's yeah. not for everybody, but do do you enjoy that uh, that aspect of things? Um, it depends. It really depends upon my mood, upon how much work I have to do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I have a day at work, and I'm like, okay, now I actually have to have to do work because I'm always I'm like, okay, if I always have to like put aside work after work, 
yeah yeah i understand do you um do you ever do this type of work for hire like have you done any independent works or uh freelancing somebody no i actually haven't nope Mm -mm. okay well (laughs) Maybe I'll just throw that idea out there. I don't. I don't know how people go about doing that, but your your your, uh-huh. your skills are obviously you know very compelling. At least that's in my opinion. Um, wow. Yeah, you know your way around the editing at least, um, and, and I would say the pacing too. You have a three-hour video that's paced, I think, very well. Was that challenging for you to pace it? Um, I didn't really. Oof. Yeah, that was that was. That's a good compliment um, because there's certain things that I'm like, oh, okay, well, I like this part, but I think as soon as it gets around this um, minute or hour part, I, I just, I don't like it. Um, yeah, pacing is a, a problem um, that I think I'm getting better at. Um, it's normally trying to make things visually interesting. Um and so that means I have to get a lot of um, stuff that 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 could be visually interesting to to look at. Um, and quick edits, people like quick edits. Are you one of those people, or are you more trying to create pleasing stuff? Um, I'm trying to create stuff that I like. Okay. Um, you know, something that that would that's that's good for me yeah um uh-huh. a random question we have twin peaks the original see all twin peaks uh season one season two uh-huh. firewalk with me and then twin peaks the return so we have those four. yeah w- which is your favorite ending ending uh well i guess my Favorite ending would be, I don't know. I like, like Laura with her angels and Firewalk with me. I think that's kind of sweet. You know, it's it's like watching a woman getting horrible, like the worst things that could happen to a person, and she just gets her angels, and that's just that's perfect, perfect ending. Makes me happy. Got it. Is there? Uh, do you have a? A favorite season one, two, Firewalk with Me, or The Return? Do you have a favorite amongst those? The best one has to be um, The Return, because that's the one that I experienced um, and, and kind of like. When I first saw Twin Peaks, I didn't like it because I thought it was a, a mystery show. But it's not a mystery show because it, it's it's a it's not very good mystery. Um if you you look at um i know that sounds weird but no, like no, no, um, no. <laughs> it's like a, a super natural demon is the guy and it's like i didn't suspect that it was the it was the demon all along <laughs> and yeah that doesn't make any sense and um so i got frustrated with that and i i kind of quit and then i came in um I don't know, Twin Peaks season three. And I was just enamored by it, just trying to figure it out. Mm. And um, I remember like sitting, it was my, yeah, I was with my parents. My parents, they were like, you know, doing other things in the other room <laughs> and they were half watching 
episode eight of season three. And they were like, what the fuck? What the hell is this? <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm just like, shh. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it was just this incredible moment. Like, I don't know what I just saw. And it, it was, I, I don't know. I, I got hooked. I got hooked, man. Anthony, I got hooked. Yeah. So I guess season three is something that I experienced. And I re-experienced the uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, I I I love I love that season. I I just rewatched it last month, and uh, man, I mm-hmm. I like it even more. Um, one second. Um, speaking of the return, and perhaps beyond the return, and beyond Twin Peaks, I, I come back to this little list here, and you've mentioned it quite a bit. Um, the concept of duality mm-hmm. in David Lynch's works. And can, can you maybe just walk me through that, perhaps just a little more? Um, well, in the empirical, which is our illusionary understanding of the world, um, there are two sides to um, a coin. It's the ups and the downs, the the um, blacks and their whites. The you you're probably familiar whether you know what it's called or not. It's called a taijutsu. It's a yin and yang symbol. Um, it, it looks you you know what that looks like or certainly yeah. Okay, and so um, if you look at blacks and whites, it's very familiar because it looks like the red room. And now David Lynch believes in uh, the Red Room has those weird electric blacks and whites things, right? Mm. Uh, and so as as far as um, I, this is a ongoing thing. And when people kind of look at David Lynch and they're like, well, what is that all about? It's one of the very first things they kind of notice is that, well, <clears throat> there was kind of dueling opposites going on. And so I asked Mark Frost very briefly, like, what what are you interested, like, spiritually? And um, I actually asked him through Harley Payton, which was the second season season showrunner. I was like, hey, I, I'm I worked on this thing. It was a spirituality thing. And he says, um, he he asks Mark Frost, and he says, um, uh, he, he was interested in Taoism. Taoism among a um, eclectic bunch of ideas. So perennial philosophy. You can actually look at David Bushman's book, uh, Conversations with Mark Frost. You can see a bunch of um, cool, uh, uh, like, allusions to his interests in the esoteric and and the religious. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this guy you were talking about. He, he's interested in esoteric Buddhism. So I, I bet that's that's something that both Mark Frost and David Lynch would be interested in. But um, as in terms of what um, but as in terms of Taoism, um, uh, David Lynch himself, he he's calls I, th- I think I have this fixed, I hope. Um, sorry for that. I just had like an internet outage. Um, would you mind picking up where you left off? You were talking about Taoism. Yeah, okay. Um, and so we have um, two sides to the same coin. So although we 
um, embody a single oneness. And this single oneness is a, um, a kind of um, two sides and dark and light. And the thing that uh, David Lynch and Mark Frost are interested in is kind of a middle ground, a um, kind of, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a seesaw. And this is a common thing, but you want to have like that balance. Um, in fact, there's this uh, uh, a scene in the ending of the second season of Twin Peaks where Laura Palmer, she's like evil Laura Palmer, Mm -hmm. something like that she's she's on a couch and it looks very much like a, a yin and yang symbol yeah and so i mean uh david lynch made uh yin and yang style artwork it's all over the place so yeah that's another major part of his spirituality alongside non-dualism um the reason why he uses electricity so much is that um and, and this is a very complex thing i don't know if i can really cover it but the unified field, uh, which is basically everything in one cosmic body, um, is a electromagnetic field, which is everyone's part of this unified field. He calls it the unified field of consciousness, which he's implementing Hindu ideas into a quantum physics idea. Um, there's a there's a female voice in um, my video. You, I don't know if you know. Um, but there's a female voice mm -hmm. and she was, um, she, she was, uh, she, she's a, she's into science. She's a biologist. She's not into that, but she, she was yelling at me. She was like screaming at me. Um, she's like, Robert, listen, this, <laughs> this isn't real science. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. Um, anyways, so she, so, um, Anyways, the reason why this kind of like force, this undeterminable force of electricity, which is um, which is just like prevalent throughout all of his films, is because electricity is the underlying factor of electromagnetism, which is what makes forces move. And as a dramatist, David Lynch, as a dramatist, he is. Um, using these forces on this one absolute, this one cosmic body. And he's showing things being out of balance. And he's showing that visually. Um, so it's kind of like a Greek choir. I think I say that in the video. It's like a Greek choir to the things going on. Yeah, uh, very interesting. Very, actually. Uh, I think I'm thinking about it even more. It's, it's getting a little more interesting. As I as I said, okay. and what what I like doing is I like I like uh, watching these videos a second time and adding labels to the descriptions, and you know, kind of capturing each segment of the discussion, and that that's where I really learn. So I'm very much looking forward to revisiting this particular section and the electricity stuff specifically. Mm -hmm. But my my kids uh, and my wife and myself, we all like to watch Spirited Away and the other Miyazaki okay. movies. Um, and we've good. seen probably, I would say, most of them. 
Is there something in his work similar that is similar, comparable to our discussion of David Lynch's work in that it's sort of like a thread that runs through all of it? The wind, the wind and electricity, they're basically the same thing. Um, they're kind of like the, what, what did I say the wind was? Hmm. Um, they're like spirit. It's more like um, the spirit of like environment um, things where like electricity is kind of like spirit in in terms of the the cosmic body which includes people his stuff which is wind is kind of like the um spirit of the environment surrounding the people you know so i i think there's kind of like people are separate in the environment although they 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 um can cause these types of spiritual ruptures to go on through the wind I, I, that's in, that's one interpretation. Spiritual ruptures means yeah. Um, in, in Princess Mononoke, there's this, there's um kind of like a, a forceful gust of wind once a god dies, and he just like like um takes a whole wooden thing and just brushes it with the might of um some some sort of uh, a gust of wind and so i i, I want to say that um if like in, in miyazaki the nature is in itself a character in his stories got it I believe, if I remember correctly, you, maybe 30 minutes ago, you said that you yourself are not very spiritual or religious. Is that nope. a pure quote? And, yep. and yet, and yet you like to go deep into the, into these spiritual works of other people. So maybe, maybe that's your form of spirituality to some extent is engaging with spiritual spiritual works of art perhaps you know that's that's interesting because like it's about exploring the unknowns about interpreting it's about the strange kind of forces that make up those realities i mean i guess you could say that do you have a favorite miyazaki movie or or yeah i'll just say it that way kiki i love kiki it's just so damn cute <laughs> And is there anything from Spirited Away that that you could give to me that I could bring to my kids, perhaps that uh, we already enjoy the movie, but that might mm -hmm. that might that might uh, like nudge nudge our perception in some sort of I don't know maybe rewarding way. I don't um, I I don't know if you saw the the video, but to me, Spirited Away is about like kind of um going forward after kind of losing someone like a good friend like the very first shot of the movie is her you know she's she has this bouquet of flowers that's wilting you know there was this friendship that was once there and that bouquet of flowers had a friend um rumi rumi is actually um named after the japanese voice actor and her friend rume or something like that uh is saying hey um 
I hope we'll meet again someday or whatever on our little card. It's in Japanese. I can't remember what it said. And her whole process of like, um, is kind of like this reclamation of herself and like, um, trying to, 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 um, go on, you know, um, kind of also gaining autonomy from her parents. Um, there's also aspects, at least to me, in terms of kind of like a criticism of capitalism um, surrounding Japanese people during the bubble economy of their 1980s bubble economy, where people were really into like materialism, which goes in contrast with to the traditionalism of Japanese kind of like understanding uh, Buddhism, which is the lack of material. Materialism leads to suffering, so you shouldn't have that. Um, that that's what I see. Um, I also see a, a bunch of motifs with ropes um, and strings and stuff like that, tying things together. At the end, she has to tie her her hair together in a little ribbon, and, and this was made by from her friends. Um, I don't know how much of your kids would be interested in, like, Jungian, like, shadow selves, but <laughs> there's, like, her um, shadow self is literally the, the mask guy. What is his name? No Face. No Face, yeah. Yeah, and, and so she has to tame her shadow self and um, gives it a sense of place, and that's with um, the Good Witch. So yeah, I, I love that movie. That's a great movie. Um, it's an adventure. It's it's a movie where it's like I was told a tale, something yeah, constantly it's unfolding. Yeah, yeah, it's a great it's a great movie. It's yeah, a, I, I do a little thing. Yeah, it's it's like a feat of imagination that I can't even I can't even grab like I, I can't even imagine <laughs> how somebody yeah. can have an imagination like that. Is there is is there any uh are there any projects that you're in the midst of that are Twin Peaks related? Or um I might come back to Blue Velvet. Um and then I'm go I'll go into my Twin Peaks thing. Um I, they 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 yeah I'll eventually return to David Lynch. I, I'm pretty much like obligated to. I have like a whole I, I told you I, I first started writing a book which was like two hundred thousand words it was a, a mammoth um and I, I i i said to myself okay um so i have all this material but it's it's about the thing i have to do it you know i i i, I would have to do it <laughs> if i could be of assistance in any way please let me know i mean i don't i don't know what that would be but uh yeah happy to help even if it's just motivation or or uh um it, do you, did did you ever solve twin peaks did i ever solve twin peaks <laughs> um yeah well i think pairing it with his religion and non-dualism if there's a way to like solve it i mean mark frost liked the the video on twitter he he put the he liked the thing. I don't know. It, does that mean? I guess that means that I won. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> cool. Well, so there you go. Yeah. Well, I feel like I won. 
because we got to catch up and I've been looking forward to chatting with you and, and uh, learning from you especially. And also just, you know, hearing your takes on things. I would, I would, if anybody ever happens to watch this video, I would certainly point them to your work and tell them to check it out because mm -hmm. it, it was really cool and uh, uh, effortful and rewarding and effective yeah. and all of those things. And it's clear that you're, um, genuine and sincere and you have a, a, a real passion about this stuff and you're not limited to, to the, the world of david lynch and uh all that mm -hmm. is pretty cool and i i hope you enjoyed <laughs> some, some i did people, some people don't like to get like asked all these questions um but no it was fun i mean i'm i had a good time i had a good time too and uh we'll keep in touch yeah Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So Just anything, anything else you uh, anything else you feel like you want to add? No, I, I don't think that's 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 the long of the short of it. Long of the short of it. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing about your videos is there's a lot of humor and. Uh, oh yeah. You're always mm -hmm. guaranteed to laugh a couple of times, so I like. I, and, ah, thanks, yeah. man. But, okay, Robert, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. See you around, Anthony. Yes. Thanks again. Ciao.